You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Welcome back to third episode with Proxy Page, and um, thanks for doing uh, another episode, Proxy. Not a problem. It's a pleasure to be back. Let's quickly talk about um, your project again. Remind uh, listeners so they could help you. So, um, name name of your project was um, Proxy Infiltrate Europe. Yeah, it's a project on Offbeater.com, mm-hmm. and the project project's called Proxy Infiltrates Europe, and it's like the it's just like a Kickstarter, but it's uh, the adult website for Kickstarters, pretty much. And we're um, most likely after that project, you're probably going to have second, third, fourth on. So I want everyone to support her. And uh, so you could stay in. Keep following it because I have lots of, of great ideas that I need help funding them. But I'm, I'm definitely willing to share all of those fun ideas with everybody. And let's also give them your contact information. So your Tumblr is? You can find me on Tumblr uh, under Proxy Page, proxypage.tumblr.com. And you can also find me on Twitter under uh, uh, Infiltrate Proxy. So contact here if you have uh, a business opportunity for her and she's planning to get involved in cosplay and anime and Japanese stuff uh, shortly soon. And uh, hopefully... uh, she has opportunity to do that in Europe as well as back in the States and maybe even Japan. So I would love to find a cosplay scene out here in Europe. So if you have a, a idea for her, just contact her in one of those um, places, Tumblr, Twitter. And she's very good at responding to people right away. And uh, if you have a question for her, contact her. As long as it's not mean or malicious jo- uh, questions, um, <laughs> she's a very uh, uh, great person to talk to. So I try to be open and... Uh, respond to as many people as I can. Some of like some of the uh, comments will get lost in cyberspace, but I try to get uh, to everyone that I can. Cool. So we're back uh, for the third episode, and I think we were talking. Um, you s- you mentioned something uh, off record. Um, you said something about birth control. <laughs> yeah. Give you bigger boobs. What? Yeah, um, I had uh, actually I did, I figured this out because I had left for a while and I was out of California and then I came back and one of my girlfriends I hadn't seen her in a bit and I she just had huge tits all of a sudden I was like what what happened how did that happen and she was like oh I got on birth control so um, and then it ended up giving her bigger boobs and I was like oh I want bigger boobs so that was one of my reasons for getting on birth control. <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't really multiply beneficial. It's nice, but with, without <laughs> not knowing that part, you probably wouldn't have bothered with it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. See, <laughs> that's what you get from proxy. Nothing but the truth. Um, <laughs> is there a con- uh, side effect? Um, I've heard from some girls that they can get uh, they get like overly emotional on it, and uh, I've had I've had a few, I've heard a few girls say. Uh, different things about it like it's made them break out or however it may be Mm -hmm. maybe made them gain a little bit of weight but just made my tits and ass bigger so I I really have no complaints 
Well, I mean, if you if your tits is bigger, you're gonna gain weight. <laughs> I think most guys still don't have any problem with that. Um, so um, let, let's jump right in and talk a couple things. Um, Continue from the last podcast. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I definitely want to tell everyone that uh, Belladonna, who is retired from the business, who I, I like a lot and uh, who I used to work uh, doing her DVDs for Evil Angel. So uh, definitely one of the greatest performers and superstar in the business. But uh, one other thing, I, I was really interested how sweet she is and how honest she was. And she was one of the few people who was able to perform as transsexuals, and she didn't. She did not face any sort of consequence. You know, if if it was a regular porno girl did it, um, they might be blacklisted. But Belladonna was able to do transsexual movies and. Um, yeah, she was really the one that like broke like females into that mm-hmm. uh, part of the business because yeah, for the longest time, uh, t- like TS work was very like it was mostly for like TSs and guys, <laughs> and she uh, kicked the door open for that, which was really nice. She was actually the first girl I ever saw have sex with a TS back when I was out of working at the porn shop, and but, all I could think of was, was like, why isn't there more girls having sex with trannies? Sh- was it the movie with uh, Belladonna, Shimeo, and Nacho? Oh, yeah, there was that one, too. And then she mm-hmm. also recorded a couple of other ones for her own movies. It, it, it was really funny because, I, I, you know, let's be honest. If you follow porn, you know <laughs> Nacho Vidal likes Shimeos. But it was like safe scene for him because as long as there's a girl in a Shimeo, and he only did stuff with a girl, yeah. even though the Shimeo is there, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but... But as um, soon as you turn those cameras off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Bella Down is the, um, I, I have to say, one of the greatest performers, and she is very sweet. She looks so innocent, you know, just like you, in, in, innocent looking, wh- yet she's able to do pretty crazy and nasty scenes, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and I, I think you were telling me the first time you, you worked with her, she taught you how to use what? Uh, yes. Uh, the first time I worked for her, um, and it was also my first anal scene actually in the business. And I, I arrived on set and she, um, she was there at the door to introduce me, bring me inside and bring me upstairs. And she was asking me, she's like, okay, so how are you feeling? Are you all ready? Did you clean out your butt? And I was like, did I clean out my butt? What? And, uh, she was like, well, did you do your enema? And I was like, enema? No, I've never done an enema ever, not ever in my life at that point. And she was like, oh, well, here, here, uh, let me show you. And she got a, a big... Before you, b- 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 but before you continue, how did you get the work? Did the agent or manager got you that? No, I had uh, met her at the first AVN Awards show that I went to. And I had also met uh, Sin Sage at that, uh, the same year. And I was telling Sin Sage about, uh, like, that I was a big fan of her. And she was asking how I discovered her. And I told her I discovered her through Jake Malone and Belladonna Films. So, and I told her that I really wanted to work with Bella and Bella ended up, I, I met her and I told her that I wanted to work with her. And then uh, a week or two later, Sin Sage told her about me and Sin actually requested me in a scene that she was doing with Bella. So that was how that came to be. Oh, and uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Sensei, she's very attractive. She wears glasses too, right? Yeah, and she's a all girl. She's a lesbian performer. She, yeah, she only does girls and natural tits and ass. And like everything. the most famous mm-hmm. lesbian performer. Not many girls make it just doing lesbian stuff, but she's definitely at the top of the category for that. 
And before we jump back to Belladonna, did she have a, like an accident? Since Sage, yeah, she had a um, a snowboarding accident, and uh, the that day that I was working with them was not like was one of her first times back to work after she had uh, gotten in, into that accident. I guess it was a pretty bad snowboard accident, and she, she hit her head or something. Yeah, like that, right? she was like cracked her head, like skull open, pretty bad, and then she was in the hospital for quite a while. But luckily, she made a full recovery, and everything is good. She's having like some issues at first, but she like got past them, so that's good. So Strong when Sense, woman. so when Sensage called you, it's a girl grossing, but she didn't tell you about the anal part. Uh, I, I, I guess uh, it was, it was, it was for fetish fanatics mm -hmm. and it was a spanking scene. So I guess I should have assumed that it was anal, but I, I just, I didn't really, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause I was still new into the business at that point. I had only been in for a couple of months. And you never done NOC? Uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, up until that point I was with uh, an agency and they told me they're like, uh, I told them, I was like, yeah, I want to do black guys. I want to do anal. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they told me, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that. And I was like, well, why? Why are you telling me what I can and can't do? The, and they told me it was to prolong my career. Uh, they said, you have to wait till you can do black guys. And you have to wait to sell your anal scene for a really expensive price. And I was just like, wait a minute. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this business. Like, I just, I sure. want to do it now. I Like, I want to do everything now. So um, you find out you're doing anal. So uh, Belladonna uh, help you prep for anal. And could you explain to everyone what what that entails? Yeah, she ended up um, getting this big uh, bowl of distilled water, and like grabbed a little enema uh, thing. And she like she walked me through the whole process. She was so sweet about it. She like filled it up, and she uh, she was like, yeah, you just put it in and like fill yourself with water and uh, you clean yourself out until you're nice and clean and then you're good to go and it was really fun because it was my first time doing an enema and immediately I loved it it was a really exciting experience plus it was Bella like telling me how to do it so and you know then af after that when you did whenever you did anal the prep work day before what did they do like you don't eat certain food that night, night before. I I have heard of uh, a lot of girls that do that. That uh, they don't eat the night before. Like they'll quit eating around six p.m. the night before. And uh, do they stay away with from certain food too? Or uh, yeah, I've also heard uh, like it's um, all I do. I don't uh, quit eating, but I definitely eat more. St I eat really starchy foods. Yeah. Uh, the day before an anal scene, especially if it's going to be an extreme anal scene. So I'll eat things like oatmeal and rice and noodles, and I'll keep it pretty simple. I see. Mm -hmm. um, so w when you did uh, when you worked for Bella, what's that experience like? You know? It was it was really really great. Uh, She's so friendly and so nice, and Sin was there, and I uh, got to, I had uh, already got to hang out with Sin a little bit before uh, I had, was working for Bella, so I was already comfortable around her, and I got to meet her husband. Aiden and the other, they were all just really nice. Aiden really is her great. husband. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a really great experience working for them. It was really nice, and it, it, like it was over before it started, and it was a, it was a pretty crazy scene. Since Sage, since it was a fetish scene about spanking, she, I, my ass was black and blue after that for weeks, like for like two weeks, but nothing I can't handle. <laughs> and have you worked with Bella after that? 
Um, no, I haven't actually. Um, she asked me because she and she's been uh, open and honest about this uh, that she has um, uh, a form of herpes. So she asked me if I had them after the scene was over. And I told her no, and she was like, oh, well, if you ever end up getting them, let me know, because I would love to work with you, which I thought that was very admirable of her to be, like, honest about it, mm. because she doesn't want to expose anybody to something that's dangerous if uh, they haven't already been exposed to it. Yeah. That's 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 my uh, rep- uh, experience with her. Like, even when she visited Evil Angel when I worked there, um, when she has a kid, she will never bring the kid inside of the company. You know, she maybe at most at the lobby, but that's it. So she's a very responsible um, person and responsible mother, and you know, uh, one of the greats. And uh, it's it's sad that she got out, but you know, she's doing something different, and I think she's happy too. Yeah, that. she's doing the mommy thing now, which I think is really nice because now that her daughter is getting older, like she wants to be there for her. So it's a good break. I, I, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hoping that she'll come back. And work with her. Uh, like that she'll make a, the, the, uh, a triumphant return. So uh, let's talk a couple other people we were talking about. And um, let's talk about Nina Harley. Uh, for those of you who's not familiar with Nina Harley, she's a veteran. She's been in business for a long time. And uh, for the even non-porn fan, she was in... Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Night, I think ninety six or ninety seven, whenever whenever it was released, and she played a character, uh, the wife of uh, William H Macy's character, and in the movie because she was fucking around all the guys, he he gets really upset. He ended up shooting Nina <laughs> Harley and killing her, and he ended up killing himself as well. But that's Boogie Nina. <laughs> but um, Nina is a veteran. She is very uh, protective of uh, adult business, and she is a friend of uh, female performers. And she gives a lot of good advice to girls, and um, someone yeah, that a lot very of people great, respect her. Woman. Yeah. So, what was it? What was your impression meeting her, and did you work with her? Um, I've never got to work with her, but again, oh, I have so many fun stories from the first year at AVN. I met her uh, that first year. And I, I had so many questions for her, and I was really, really excited to meet her. And she could tell that I was very genuinely interested in the business, and she um, that I, I like I was so curious about it. So she exchanged. She ended up giving me her number, and she told me to contact her uh, next time I went to LA. And I ended up contacting her, and her and her husband, uh, because well, one of the things uh, she ended up. Her and her husband saw me later on at a fetish party mm-hmm. and saw how into it I was. So when I contacted them when I went back to L.A., she was like, I'm going to get uh, she offered to give me proper slave training. And turns out she, she her, in her house, they have a really big dungeon in their uh, in one of their rooms. Is, is her husband uh, performers? No, was he, was he? Um, he, she's married to uh, one of the editors for uh, like the head editor for uh, Taboo magazine. Okay. Uh, which uh, is by Hustler. And they, like, they're both such great, intelligent, insightful people. And like, they, they really know the real world of fetish. So they, they introduced me to a lot of different things, got me prepared for it, told me some really, really important facts that are good to know for if you're going to be doing so, like, work like that. For one of the th- main things that they told me that I'll, like, I'll never forget, and I try to spread their, like, the, like, the words they told me to as many people as I can is... 
uh, in doing fetish work, you have to be very, very careful on who you do it with. And you have to make sure that you trust who you're working with and mm -hmm. never let anybody you don't know tie you up. If you're just working for some random company and they want to tie your hands behind your back, that leaves you really defenseless. So you need to really make sure you're in a, um, a safe environment to do all this in. Good advice. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very good advice. And uh, one of the things too is you can't uh, never let your eyes, nose, and mouth um, and head be um, secured and covered because you have to be able to have and your hands bound. You have to have a way to be able to tap out or mm -hmm. say like enough is enough or ease up or something. So I, le I learned a couple of really good tricks from her that I'll never forget. And I also had to remind people, um, Nina Hartley's white. I think she's Jewish, but she's <laughs> very, very famous for her butt. And her butt is like... Her butt is great. It's, it it's is pretty great. amazing. Yeah. It's it's like porno version of uh, Mount Rushmore. Like, <laughs> her butt like is like really, fam really famous, you know. And um, she's done stuff with John Stalliano, a.k.a. Buttman stuff, you know, years ago. And... I think the last time I saw her, well, she was like, if you're polite about it, if you if you just, you know, um, kind, if you nicely ask, if you could squeeze her butt, she will let you. You know, if you as mm -hmm. long as you respect when you ask first. Yeah. And um, at the time when I grabbed it, maybe she was in like a mid forties or something. But boy, she is incredibly in good shape. Yeah, I wonder how old she is now. Like, I don't even think of her as like age. Mm -hmm. She just is who she is. And, Such um, an asset to our industry. She's like, she's been very insightful to a lot of people. And and she really is a legend in the business. Um, I think you were telling me uh, you hang out with Ron Jeremy too, and I, I don't. Have, there's no need for any sort of introduction. <laughs> explanation. Yeah, I remember the first night that I was around him. Um, Lily LeBeau and I ended up going to a Bluebird release party for some movie. And they were rolling fresh cigars there. That was the night that I met Steve Holmes, and uh, a great German performer. Oh, uh, he's fantastic! Legendary pervert. Um, True pervert. Yeah, no uh, artificial help, Viagra, none of that. He he just could do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that man. But no, the first time I was around on Jeremy. Um, I remember seeing him. I don't like he, he had a bottle of wine in his hand and he was just like swigging out of a bottle of wine. And he came up to Lily and I and he put his arms around both of us and he was like, hey, ladies. He's like, how about you let me bring you? How about you ladies let me bring you home with me tonight? And we were just so shocked because it was our first time being around him. Mm -hmm. And he is such a star and uh, he is who he is. So it was it was a really funny experience because he was, he was a little belligerent that night and a little... Um, <laughs> a little obnoxious, but in a in a really comical way. Like he, he d he didn't cross any lines, but he he was definitely a good first impression. What, what, what like he was the Ron Jeremy I had imagined from that that I had in my imagination. Got it. Well, what did Lily think about the whole thing with him? He th uh, she th it's Ron Jeremy. Yeah. So like we've been here. Like I knew about him damn near before I knew about porn almost. Sure. So. It was kind of flattering and funny to be in that kind of situation. Did you have did either one of you guys work with him? No, we've never worked with him. Mm -hmm. Does he still work? Does he still perform? Um, after the heart attack and stuff, he came back and he started working again. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't I don't know how frequently, but uh, he is, and um, 
um, I, I still think when it comes to like purely like um, performance and then being star and you know all that stuff, I still have to say Rock Who's Afraid is the biggest male talent. I, I can't speak on the gay side because I don't know who who's who, um, you know. But um, I think in terms of being world known, I think I think Ron Jeremy probably even beat. Rock in that sense because Ron does a lot of mainstream stuff in the stage. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, America's big on exposing people, and he does a lot of silly stuff. And I think he even tried to do stand up a couple of times. And uh, you know, he was nice guy a couple of times. Uh, I met him. He could never remember my name, but uh, every time I mention our yeah, no, effect, I've I've met him a couple of times after that time, and yeah, he's his same effect with me as well. Um. How about what's your experience with uh, super agent or super manager Mark Spiegler? Um, I have to say um, he's the most honest and well-respected manager out of all of them in adult business, and he represents pretty much uh, all of the top girls. Like yeah. most of the top girls that have been in the business: Bella, Donna, Sasha Gray, mm. uh, Sandra Romaine, Annette Swartz. Like all, like the majority of the good European girls have all been his ladies. So what was was uh, he? He never fully represents you, but he give you good advice and yeah. Help you. Um, I'll actually tell you about how I uh, I discovered Mark Spiegler. Uh, I was doing uh, it was my second shoot that I got booked for. I had done my first one for Reality Kings, and then my second one I got booked from someone named Jim Camp, and Jim Camp is a an absolutely fantastic guy. He's one of the my favorite people to shoot for. And he does a couple of things. He does uh, like hand job stuff, blow job, and blacks on blondes is one of his big sites. Oh, that I know shoots. that line. Yeah, that's oh, okay. Tim Camp. Um, he he shot. He was shooting me for in my second and third scene. He booked me for two in one day, and uh, he was uh, he was like talking to me a bit before uh, we were gonna get started. And I was in the. <clears throat> he had brought me into the makeup room, and we were waiting for the makeup artist. And I, uh, he asked me a few questions, and one of them was like, yeah, uh, like what got you into it? And I told him that I had a list of girls that I really wanted to try to work with when I got into the business. And he was like, oh, what's that list? And I ended up mentioning Gia Paloma, and he, he said, hmm, that's funny that you like Gia Paloma because turns out she, uh, she was his makeup artist. So she ended up coming in and doing my makeup that day, and I was just so sorry. Oh, wait, smart. she doesn't perform anymore? No, 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 no. She ended up having a baby and got out. I see. Mm -hmm. But she ended up being my makeup artist that day, and I just had so, so many questions for her. And she actually was the one that introduced me to Spiegler because I was talking to her about things, and I was telling her all the girls that I wanted to work with and the kind of porn that I liked. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, wow. She's like, you'd be the perfect girl to be a Spiegler girl. So she ended up, uh, her and Jim Camp together, uh, put me in touch with Spiegler. And at that time, I, uh, I was still with the agency that I was with. But uh, I shortly thereafter uh, ended up leaving the agency. And I wanted to try to become a Spiegler girl. But then there's a lot of... The restriction, heat. right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he does put some restriction, restrictions on his girls. But it, like, it's usually for the best because his girls are always... They're some of the most known girls in the business. So he's, like, he, he's doing it right. But is, it, is it because we were talking um, because you want to work with um, transsexuals? Yeah, he doesn't let his girl, uh, his uh, the girls under him work with transsexual performers, and uh, like that's that's 
that's something I, f- I personally st- feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. So that like that would have been like a deal breaker right there. But though I was never one of his girls, he's always been nice to you. Yeah, super, super, super great to me. And whenever I have questions, since I, I've uh, I've been my own agent for uh, since I left the agency, uh, whenever I have questions about something, he's always my go-to guy. He always helps me out with everything if I need him. Like if I can't figure out something, he'll like he can always figure it out. I, I gotta say he uh, he has the best reputation. I mean, every girl that I talk to who work uh, work with him or used to work with him have nothing but kind things to say, and he really protect the girls because it's in his interest to protect the girls. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes money out of them. But yeah, I, I have to say, I don't know if he was a lawyer or what, but um, he has some kind of business background. Yeah, he was a lot of things. He was a lot of things. He's a very intelligent man. And one of his clients, uh, I believe, Dana Dermong. Yeah. And, Dana. Uh, oh, yeah. man. She actually just got a radio show. I think it was uh, Vivid gave her a radio show. Uh. And I think she's one of the perfect people to have a radio show because the mouth on that girl is just incredible. I actually I met her for the first time on one of Jim Camp's sets. She was there. um uh, g- keeping uh, Zoe Voss company because mm-hmm. it was uh, it was one of Zoe Voss's uh, first scenes, and um, uh, she uh, she like she was so funny when I met her in person because uh, and she was really uh, nice and the things that she was saying I ended up asking her what her real name was and she was like oh it's Dana D Armand and I thought it was just so funny that she uses her real name instead of like making a porn alias for herself. She's <laughs> pretty damn um, honest and she's one of the few girls you know she's Jewish she's very smart is she man all of my favorite girls are Jewish <laughs> and she is dating a really funny comic Nick, Nick Yusuf and he's uh, you know up and coming star in stand up comedy at the comedy store in LA and she's one of the few girls actually done pretty big podcast show like Nerdist um, with the Chris uh, Albrecht wait no 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 Chris uh, Chris Hendrick why am I forgetting his name? Anyway, um, Nerdist, he's, he, it's a very big podcast. I think he's been on like maybe one of those Joe Rogan types. And um, she could talk. She's a really good person. Chris Hardwick. Well, that's what I meant. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not surprised. I didn't know about the radio show, but um, it's really fun to talk to. I can't wait to hear what she's going to be doing on there. Because she like, she's such a colorful person. And the things that come out of her mouth, like... She's one of the most outspoken women I've ever met in my entire life, like for sure. And she's well read. She's fun. You know, she's always that. Yeah, uh, she carries herself really well, but then she can be completely like, like out there all at the same time. And I forgot. So you, you did a scene with her too or? Um, yeah, I feel like I've maybe done a couple scenes with her. Oh man, I've done so many scenes now there. But um, uh, the first time I worked for her was for Jason. I can't remember what movie it was for, but we ended up dressing up like skunks. And, and of course, Jay and his butthole stuff. And he, uh, he said, <laughs> uh, he, um, he wanted us to do some kind of gaping stuff. And he, uh, he was talking to me about how like noisy her butthole is. And her butthole is just as noisy as her mouth. <laughs> So we ended up but kind she, of. She does gaping <laughs> stuff. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah, she does. And we ended up t- kind of like the f- scene ended up turning into like, uh, like a halfway like farting mm-hmm. fetish scene. But it was so much fun. We were like making all these sounds, like happen, and of course we were dressed up as skunks. So it just made it even better. Yeah, it, it was it was a really comical. Scene. She says the funniest things. One of my favorite things that I've heard her say in a poem. She was getting uh, DP'd and she was just like, come all over my world. Come all over my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love the things that come out of her mouth. What? I think she's been at it for a while. Um, what do you think her career tra- trajectory is going to be like? I, I know she's doing radio. Um you think she's going to become a director and stuff like that too? Who knows? She could go a lot of different places because she has a lot of different skills. So, and the, she has the personality to do pretty much anything yeah. she wants. The few times I talked to her, she was very pleasant, fun to talk to. But um, if you approach her with disrespect, I know she could like cuss you yeah, out. She yeah, she definitely has quite an attitude as well. Now going back to Sensage, I remember about the time when when she had her accident. I think it was around near around that time too. Dana Deramon, her apartment got burned down. Man, just it, uh, that's the way I remember. But uh, yeah, she, catastrophic year for the ladies. And I don't remember when, but this is three, four, four five years ago. Whenever it was, um, yeah, it was really. I, I really felt bad for her. You know, she, she. I think this happened during the convention when she was in Vegas in January or whatever the years when she was away and doing it. Mm. And when she when she was away, this thing happened. You know, so. I hope I hope um she's doing well. Um, I think you mentioned another name, Alex Thorne. Yeah, um, Alex Thorne is uh, one of my friends out here in Europe that shoots me, and he's shot me in quite a few things. I think I've shot um, about a hundred scenes for him now, actually. And uh, is he the same person in Poland? Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Um, he uh, he's introduced me to a lot of really great ladies, including uh, Kinky Nikki, and she just had a site, uh, kinkynikki.xxx, that just recently got launched. And he also helped launch um, Hot Kinky Joe's site. And I, uh, the first time I worked with Hot Kinky Joe was through uh, Alex Thorne, and he's he's a really great guy to work with. He's like. He too is very creative. He's known for uh, being like the prolapse king. He has um, <clears throat> uh, a prolapse website that has. Wait, before you continue, um, I don't want to assume everybody know what that is. You want to explain? <laughs> Prolapsing is when. Uh, so I'll start off small. Rosebudding is when you're when you're gaping. Okay, so there's gaping, which is when you just have a hollow, big spread asshole and then there's rose budding which is when you can like you just pull your ass open and you can see the insides Mm -hmm. but then prolapsing is the next step and it's when essentially you like pull your butthole open and you push your insides out and some girls like have really protruding prolapses and then other girls it's more just rose budding so the, it's a mix between rosebudding and prolapsing. That's it's the new big thing in porn. And honestly, it, when I watch it, I can't, it's, it's really hard for me to watch it. But then participating in it is a totally different thing because there's some girls that are 
really, really into it, and their bodies just do it naturally, and it's really fun to play with, but I understand watching it can be kind of difficult for some people. It's, it's not for the weak of heart, that's for sure. And it's not... It, it, this is not something everyone could do it right i mean no 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 you, you have to be have really experienced I in see. a way to be able to do something like that um so you do these film in poland uh for um alex torn and wh what's it like working in is it different work in poland versus rest of the europe or um europe is completely different from the stuff you do in the states it's actually it's really really different um the 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 wages are different but that's like that's oh that's been a really known thing out here the u.s pays super great rates uh especially in los angeles and miami uh it's uh also the girls are different out here yeah working with european girls are definitely not american girls i think we talked about that a little in that in the first show that i did with you sure uh they, it's just like a different mentality out here for a lot of the ladies and the, the but for the most part it's uh it's just standard like it is kind of standard shooting but with him it's uh lots of, uh he does really short quick scenes so it's really easy to shoot for him and that's why I've uh, I've shot so many times for him is because you can shoot multiple scenes in a day mm -hmm. but it it like uh we have had some fun shooting together and uh, he's introduced me to some fantastic uh like Eastern European uh, performers and some of these girls, man, the things that they can do are just so incredible. Are, are they all Polish or what, what kind of girls? Like Russians, Ukrainians or... Yeah, some from... <coughs> some come from Ukraine, Russia, um, Poland. They come from all over. He, uh, he, he finds girls from all around the world because not many girls can... Uh, shoot the quality of stuff that he does because he like he is a real master in um shooting extreme stuff like nothing smaller than a fist like he won't shoot anything smaller than a fist there's no point in it for him it's so weird because most you know fisting's illegal in a lot of places in states if i remember right yeah very I mean, illegal. i guess you're i guess you're protected if you're on the internet but for sure. That was one of the things that John was getting sued for, uh, for obscenity, was um, Study on what yeah. you're talking about, yeah. Um, no more than four fingers in an, like, four fingers on one hand in an ass at a time. Yeah, because I, I think the rule is if you have a thumb in somebody's pussy, I mean, asshole or pussy is fisting. But one other thing I used to ask my former boss was, what happens if you're missing a thumb? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the definition of thumb, yeah. if you're missing a thumb, then that's legally not fisting, though. Even though you got your whole hand in there, that should be fisting, right? But I don't know who. <laughs> that's a funny one. I mean, somebody make these rules. So like when you're making rules, somebody have to sit down and talk to other people and say, we're making these rules. And I don't even know how they, they make these rules. Like, how do they determine? Why is it dangerous to society? Obscenity, like that's that's like the main thing that they say that it is. And uh, milk enemas are included in there. Like Jay got caught with the milk enemas. Bella with the fisting, and I, I don't I don't know because like it's definitely not the people that are like care to watch it that mm -hmm. are complaining about it. It's the people that don't want to watch it that are watching it and complaining about it. Like if if you don't want to see it, then don't watch it. 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I guess I don't understand what they say obscene, like U.S. Uh, government. Who, who's to make that rule? Who's to say what is and what isn't? Okay, so we're we're allowed to shoot gangbangs and DPS, but God forbid there's a fist in an ass and a like a super hot, passionate lesbian scene. I mean, what happens? Somebody left a ring in there, and you're trying to go and retrieve it. That's all you're doing. Why? Why is, why is that? A, I don't understand why that's obscene. Even if it is, why? Why is it you going to jail for some thing that is Nonsense. obscene? We have so many people in prison and homeless people and environmental problems and Wall Street ripping people off. That to me is more obscene. But we're spending our our man hours and power to go after people in porn that are consenting adults doing this. I think it's because it's such a like taboo and. When you arrest people, you make big news, but they're just not going after uh, these Wall Street people ripping billions of dollars because you know yeah. they have a big lawyer, so you can't put them in jail. Police and FBI—they're always going to go with easy targets. You know, I don't want to get in detail, but my friend Hunter Moore is in trouble, supposedly um, hacking to other people's computer and violating people's privacy. And believe me, I don't know if that's true or not, and if it is true, it's not right. But Who's the biggest per group of people violating people's privacy and spying on people? It's the U.S. government. I mean, FBI should just arrest themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I I just don't get. The do as I say, not as I do. It's just just ridiculous, and um, I, just, I just don't like it. Um, I, I I know you're busy. Um, I think we talk as much as we did uh, about the porno stuff. Can we just? quickly jump to other um, love that you have you love music and you you travel all over the world for music and uh, what uh, let's talk about the um, festival that you were talking about what how do you say this Poco pop what is that <laughs> Poco pop is a, a festival out in Bel- uh, in Belgium and it's, it's it's a super, super great, really eclectic festival. Uh, the first year that I went, the two main headliners were Snoop Dogg and Bjork. So it has a wide variety and, and many that's different odd genres. Combo. I know, that's what I thought too. And I've actually, um, the music festivals were what brought me out to Europe in the first place. Sure. And uh, that was one that I had always wanted to go to because it always just has such an interesting lineup. Ref- uh, Refuse was also there the first time. What is that? Uh, does that mean anything? That word that you just mentioned? Puko pop is uh, puko actually in uh, Flemish means pimple. And then it is pop. So I, I always thought pop? that w- I always thought it was funny because I was like, oh, this seems like a festival for like young people and then yeah. pimple pop. <laughs> and I always thought it was a cute little play on words, but I don't think that that actually is what it's meant to mean for that festival. I don't think it means anything. I think it, it is, is it in Brussels or is it in, in uh, it's in Hassel? Oh, I don't even know that place. Hassel is um, about a uh, little less than two hours away from Brussels. Okay. In between uh, Brussels and the Netherlands. And we're talking like three, four days, right? In music festival. Yeah, the last two years that I've gone, it was three days long. And. So you just stayed there for three days, listen uh-huh. to music all day on all night. Oh, it was fantastic! So many artists that I've always wanted to see that were there. Uh, it was, oh, it's a big, big scale party, huge stages, and the the land that they throw it on, it's it's like 
I I I found myself at uh, myself at some points jogging from place to place just because there there's so many stages in between and there's so many stages there that it takes you a while to get around. So I just ended up jogging around the festival for the last two years, and um, the headliners this last year that I went were um, Eminem and Nine Inch Nails. I know. Wow, this is, this I is know. huge. <laughs> they have like the oddest wait, wait, people there. Wait, so how much there. is the tickets then about? For three days, uh, I don't know. I, a fan bought me my tickets. Oh. <laughs> the last no, two those years. are big names. It can't be cheap. Yeah, yeah, no. I I know it was well over a hundred euro for tickets. Oh man, I would love to see Nine Inch Nails and uh, Eminem and Snoop Dogg and Bjork. That's um, wow, that's pretty big. Yeah, they ha- they have really good artists there. Oh, Bjork's performance was fantastic. And and I guess fans are all from all over the world. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, um, I I have, I have so many friends back home in the U.S. and I I was just like I'm going to Poco Pop and they they're they all pretty jealous. <laughs> now before we talk about other festivals, I f- I remember you're uh, they're filming you presenting some kind of art show or art, art festival uh, next three or four months oh yeah uh, i'm gonna be let, uh, let people know so maybe they'll show up and want to see yeah you. most definitely i would love to promote for this a little there's a a festival called hellfest and it's in paris uh from the 15th to the 19th of june or yeah i believe the yeah 15th to the 19th of june and mm. it's a big metal festival, and everybody who's anybody that's still around in metal music, Black Sabbath is going to be there, the Misfits, oh, wow. uh, the, the Aerosmith, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. And uh, and who who hired you to do what? Um, I have a friend named uh, Guillaume that works for uh, a porn forum out of uh, France called... Um, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll think of it in a second. But he contacted me saying that uh, they they hosted this uh, they hosted this party before, and the people from the party asked for them to come back to um, because they want to exploit the metal girls that are going to be that because when you think of metal music, you generally think of the guys and the music. Sure, you don't really like think of girls. So they want us uh, since it's a porn forum. They asked him if they uh, he could find a porn a French porn actress to uh, go there and host and uh, give the uh, beautiful uh, metal ladies interviews. But he was uh, he knew knew me so and he knows that I love going to music festivals and stuff like sure. that. So uh, he recommended me and he told them about who I was. And uh, they they looked into me and they decided to have me uh, host the festival. So I'm really excited to do that. And metal music definitely isn't my forte, but I can appreciate metal music. And I know a lot of the bands that are going to be there. So I'm looking forward to being there and interviewing the ladies. It's going to be a new experience for me. Now, is this a TV or internet show or both? Um, it, uh, the, uh, the, oh, okay, yeah, this. The website is called the Tag Parfait mm-hmm. uh, that my friend works for, and it's a super, super great forum. They've interviewed a lot of really uh, awesome porn stars for it, like Jesse Jane has done an interview with sure. them, and they get a lot of great girls on there. <coughs> she, she, she was a Wicked Girl, or she's still a Wicked Girl? Oh, Digital, Digital Playground. Playground. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. 
Um, so you're basically going to go to interview these ladies in heavy metal bands, and um, they're going to record it and edit and present it for fans on the internet. Yep, I, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. I can't wait, and it's going to be in the summertime, and it's all nice and warm again. So when you're doing this, I'm sure you're going to walk around and tweet during the show, and maybe people could just show up and say hello to you, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to encourage that as much as I can. I'm, I'm definitely going to be promoting for them. And the lineup's out, and I should start. I'll get to promoting on that tonight, Hellfest, guys. Great, because I, I think you do really well doing other, you know, festivals and maybe even convention for anime and cosplay stuff too you know um i think it's really important to continue doing your porno stuff but um you know it, it's good to dabble stuff outside of it too oh yeah know? um what about this thing uh, i love techno have you been to that festival i absolutely have been to where is that now it's in ghent in belgium mm -hmm. and it's been going on for quite a while and i've always loved this party and it was again one of the parties that i had always dreamed of going to and actually i love techno was like the party that really gave me the kick in the pants to get out to europe because uh two years ago the lineup was just phenomenal and i i i actually literally almost cried the because i was missing the festival that year so i was like all right i'm getting out there and I, my first trip out to Europe, I had planned it around uh, two music festivals uh, because Poco Pop is in August and I Love Techno is in uh, November. So I was like, all right, I'm going to New uh, Europe from August till November. I remember this. I remember <laughs> this. And I think, did you travel with Sparky? Who did you travel with? Did you travel by, by myself? Yourself? I came out okay. here all by myself. And who were on the lineup for I Love Techno when you went? Uh, this year there was uh, the Bloody Beat Roots, who are fantastic live. Uh, Gazavelstein. <laughs> I don't recognize any of them. That, all. That's always such a mouthful to say. Um, uh, Knife Party was there. Um, oh wow, there's a lot of a Sirkin. Um, there's a, there was quite a few really really great names that were there this year. So once you pay for your pass, you walk in and like you could go to any of the Buka Shade was there. Oh man, they were fantastic. Actually, so uh, <laughs> funny story about this year at uh, I Love Techno. I'm uh, friends with the, uh, some of the people that were performing there. Buka Shade, fantastic, beautiful music. Mm -hmm. um, I had let them know that I was going to be there, and I had already had my tickets. And they uh, they're like, oh well we're going to put you on the uh, VIP list anyway. So when I got there, I was able to get in under VIP. And since I had my tickets, uh, there was actually a group of kids outside looking to get tickets. So I was able to resell my ticket and uh, get free entry. So oh, cool. Mm -hmm, I got a VIP entry, which was really nice. Thanks, Buka Shade guys. <laughs> but then they're just fan of your work or how um i met them uh in las vegas they're performing at uh uh one uh, festival out there and it was kind of by chance like i saw i caught them walking through the crowd and then uh my girlfriend that i was with was a huge huge fan with them absolutely in love with them so i stopped them and i started talking with them and we chatted for a bit and one of them asked me he was like so what like what's what do you what, like what do you think about our music and I was, or he was like, or he asked me why I liked their music, and I, I responded with, um, I, I like your music because it feels like you make it for girls, 
And what he told me is like, he's like, oh, I like that. But when you have the girls, you have the boys as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that, that's very true. Um, you know, I, I, I think you explained it to me before, but how do you explain like techno? What kind of music is that? Uh, techno is just a genre of electronica. Like a lot of people say, oh, you listen to techno music and techno music actually isn't the proper term for electronic music. It is just electronic music, but techno is a genre. It's, um, is, is it, is it's it, a really wide, it's a really broad genre because there, there's heavy techno, there's like lighter techno, there's minimal. So there's a lot of different kinds. It's just that the different BPM, um, usually music is categorized by the BPM that it's played at. What's that mean? Uh, beats per minute. Okay. So, like, um, some electro music could be played at like 130 BPMs, and <clears throat> it just varies all the different uh, genres. But then again, it's also the sounds and the style, so it can't just be judged off that. And it seems like um, electric slash techno music seem more popular in Europe. Yeah, America has no techno scene. Like, why is that? I don't know. I have no idea. It's a, it really bums me out, though. Like nowadays, now that electronic music is getting more popular in uh, America, there's definitely a, a like it's definitely com- like uh, like deep house and techno is getting more popular out there. But a couple of years ago, like techno wasn't anywhere. I've been partying around the U.S. Uh, you know traveling that, uh, everywhere to go to those parties like that. You know that uh, DJ Dead Mouse. Uh huh. Does he do techno music? No. No. See, I can, I can, it's hard for me to know what's what. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, if you're used to electronic, uh, uh, American electronic music, then you don't know techno. You I have, see. Like that's that was one of the things that, I, uh, <laughs> one of the things that I uh, I was telling everybody when I first came out to Europe is, I I I come to Germ I come to Germany in Italy for the techno, and uh, Germany for the minimal, and then France for the disco in the house. And then Holland for the Dirty Dutch, and each each country has like its own strong point for electronic music. Each I one's see. popular in its own genre. Uh, my friend Chris Norman, who used to be the general manager Evil Angel, and he's uh, he's got a one daughter, very smart. But and I was talking to her, and she told me I asked like why is electronic music is so popular in Europe, and she, I think she's the one who told me that. Um, um, 15 and 16 year old girls could go to like those bars to listen to music and they always play uh, techno electronic music yeah. so, so I think she theorized that because it was one of the first adult experience going to a club that allow young kids that I guess it kind of pass on that tradition of liking techno electronic music yeah and also like uh, uh, electronic music is a lot more it's uh, they have it's a uh, I wouldn't say popular out mm-hmm. here, maybe popular. Well, now it's really popular back in the U.S., but out here it's just is like this is where like the majority of like the different kinds of electronic music comes from. Sure. So and it's been out here and popular out here for a lot longer than it has been in the U.S. Like it's definitely been in the U.S., but in the U.S. for the longest time, up until uh, recently, it was more underground. And out here. Uh, it was underground way, way before it was ever underground in the U.S. So they have like out here I, uh, in Belgium, I know they have like a drum and bass station on the radio and like a house station. And they play all uh, they play. Uh, they play electronic music in restaurants and malls and stuff like that. Is out that here. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really is. 
Like it's it's it, electronic music really is part of the culture out here. It, it's just really mainstream over here, then. Yeah, because yeah. this is like this is where it was, but like a lot of it was born. And, and what kind of festival? Obviously, this is in the Berlin festival is obviously <coughs> in Germany, but um, yeah, the Berlin festival has been going on for a while. That's a really really great. Um, what kind of music? Techno. Um, a little bit of everything. They mm. have uh, bands there and electronic. Uh, the year that I went there, and I don't know about every year, but I, I've heard that it's held at this place more often than not. Uh, it was at an, uh, an old abandoned airport hangar, and uh, the main stage. Oh, I know where that is. Looked like a big uh, airplane. Uh, they they had it shaped to look like an airplane. It was really really cool. I don't I don't I I forgot the name of that uh, airport in Berlin, but. Um, it 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 was it was uh, if I remember right the Nazis built it and uh, uh, architecture speaking it's a beautiful airport but um, Tegel International Airport took over everything so they no mm -hmm. longer didn't have to use it but um, it's a beautiful airport um, and it makes for good parties <laughs> and Berlin is just amazing amazing yeah. underrated cities of the world it's a really affordable for artists to go and musician and. Mm -hmm. It's if you're going to Germany, that's probably one of the first places you should go and visit. Berlin is uh, just amazing place. Mm -hmm. um, food is great, people are friendly. Not to mention the Kit Kat Club, you know. Oh man, and Bahrain. Uh, I, I can't remember how you say it, but but like it's another club just like the Kit Kat Club, are very similar. And anything goes. Yeah. You, know, you order something from the bar, and the next thing you know, uh, some girls giving a guy a blowjob right by the. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to go there. I can't believe I haven't been there yet. In fact, uh, Evil Angel film uh, fashionista parts of that movie, those uh, Kit Kat Club too. Um, what about? What's this, the Mysteryland Festival? Mysteryland is a festival that has made it out to the U.S. as well. Where and, is it in Europe? Uh, it's here in, or it's just outside of Amsterdam, mm -hmm. here in Holland. And it's a huge, 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 huge festival. It covers, like, it's, like, not for the, the artists that are there, but just, like, actually, like, geographically speaking, it's the biggest party I've ever been to. Like, um... Some of the stages, half the stages were on one side of a highway. And then there was a bridge that went over a like over the highway that you had to walk across to get to the other side of the party. And then there was a whole other thing. Wait, wait, they just built this bridge for the concert or it's always there? I think the bridge is always there. Oh, okay, okay. So they chose a good spot, but it, it was just so big. It took so long to get from one side to the other. It puts like makes pop. It's like twice the size of Poco Pop. What kind of music again? That is all electronic music. Mm -hmm. And this year there was quite a bit of techno there. Fake Blood was there. Antigua. And what is this? Uh, uh, Batafor or Batafor or? Botifar, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, it's, uh, it's a club in Paris that's a club on a boat. And oh. it was uh, the first time I went there was one of my first times in uh, Paris. And my friend asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to go to a party on a boat? And I was like, of course I want to go to a party on a boat. What kind of question is that? So we went there and it was called Botefa. And um, there's really, really great techno music being played there. There was uh, really cool people. I ended up meeting some uh, really great friends that I'm still friends with to this day that I keep in contact with. And they, they still, I think, like once a week do a party on that boat. 
It's really nice. There's also the um, the social club in Paris. I was going to ask you that next. Yeah, the social club is great. It's uh, I I had heard of this club back in the U.S. I had uh, they get such great artists that go there, and I had so many mixes from that club. Uh, it was such a treat when I first got to go there. Um, I I went on to uh, uh, a party cruise <coughs> the earlier in the year before I went out to Paris, and I uh, got to meet some French DJs. And when I was in Paris, they invited me to go watch them perform at the social club when I was there. I don't want to assume every European country have the uh, same way of doing music. Uh, how is it different from France and, say, Amsterdam, I mean, Netherlands? Is there, <laughs> is there a big difference? or? Um, well, the Netherlands is known for uh, Dirty Dutch. And what does that mean when you say Dirty, dirty Dutch? Dirty Dutch music is a form of electro, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty fast-paced, and it's really happy-sounding music. It's really, really danceable. And uh, the Netherlands is also pretty known for its drum and bass scene. Definitely London takes the cake for the drum and bass scene, but the Netherlands has quite uh, a few really great drum and bass artists that's come out of here. And then Paris, Paris is a really big place for a lot of different kinds of music. So Paris isn't really a fair place to compare because mm-hmm. they have electro, they have disco, they have techno, they Jazz, have everything rap, coming out of there. Yeah. And like Daft Punk is from Paris, and there's a lot of justice. There's a lot of really big names that come out of there. I remember watching one of the Vice website, and they were talking about this really crazy music festival in Ukraine. And <gasps> literally go I'm like going up. next year, <laughs> Kazan Tip. And it's crazy. Like there was a footage of this young boy. I'm talking maybe seven or eight, and she's sucking. He's sucking onto this. Um, 17, 18, 19 year old girls tits sticking out in the middle. I mean, oh man, and, and it was just wild. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, literally like, it's literally like a month, and there's a lot of nudity, which I'm who's going to complain about that, yeah. but but um, yeah, they, these guys, these kids will show up and rent a place like a week at a time, a month at a time. But I mean, it was a lot of people at uh, maybe near Crimea, I'm probably guessing at this point, but it's Ukraine. So what do you know about this thing? I mean, it looks pretty fun and crazy looking. Mm, it definitely is. Yeah, like you said, it's uh, it's almost a month long. And one fun thing about it is uh, if you show up there with a yellow suitcase, and, uh, if you show up at the entrance of the yellow suitcase, they'll let you in for free. And, but you have to keep the yellow suitcase with you at all at all times because that yellow suitcase then becomes your wristband for being there. So if you're caught without it, then you ha- you're, you're, you're going to have to leave. But as long as you always have this suitcase with you, and I've seen people like alter them into backpacks, and uh, what you have to do is you have to go there with a blank suitcase, mm-hmm. and then by the end of it, while you're there, you have to decorate it. But um, also... Uh, wait, I mean, wait, this is a really weird rule. Also, since it's in the Ukraine, um, they actually issue special visas just for this event because it's, uh, it, it's a whole city, si- like it it's covers a whole city. So mm-hmm. like you get a special visa just to go there for that, for the event. And um, oh, I heard about one of the clubs there. I had a girlfriend that had been there and she told me uh, about this gay club and it's like a really famous gay club that's there but to get in you have to prove that you're gay however that may be I'm not sure how you're going to prove it but uh, I'm going to be going there next year with two of my girlfriends so we'll be able to get in no problem then we all do <laughs> crazy fisting Wait, stuff that means so. like if, you, if you're a gay guy you're supposed to pull your 
friend's pants down and suck his dick? Is that what? Yeah, or make out or something. Jesus. I don't like music that much. (laughs) I have no problem with proving that. Um, I bet I could get in by myself. I don't even have to. I don't have to prove anything. Like, look what I can do with myself. Here, let me pop out my prolapse. <laughs> what, what, what about this one? People, we continue to different, maybe continent, but Amsterdam dance event. Oh, wow. ADE is. So there's something. <laughs> ADE, okay. There's uh, something in the U.S. called um, WMC. It's the Winter Music Conference. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's uh, when. I've never heard any of these things that you were talking about. A ton of the DJs in the world get together uh, for a big conference to like share the things that they've been discovering, learning. Uh, It's pretty much essentially like a business meeting uh, once a year. And then there's another one out here called Amsterdam Dance Event, which is essentially the same thing as uh, WMC in Miami, but it's way better out here. It's a really, really great event. There's like five different club events going on every night one of them has a drum and bass thing one of them has a house thing one of them has this going on one of them has that uh like artists from all over the world come there to uh perform have meetings Mm -hmm. like communicate get together it was quite a treat uh to be able to go there because i didn't even know about it when i had planned my first trip out here to europe and it just ended up falling like on the week that I had nothing to do or travel to. Sure. So it was quite a treat to go there. Um, now, um, I, th- I think uh, that's close to an hour. Let's uh, quickly, is there other music festival away from, let's say, Europe and North America that you're interested in going? Or is, is the that pretty much it? The Boom Festival. I definitely want to go to the Boom Festival. And I've, I've Where is that? In Portugal? No, no, I'm, I'm saying away... Uh, someplace that is not Europe and North oh. America. Anywhere else? Does South Africa have a music festival? Asia? I don't know. I don't okay. know about any of those ones. I definitely want to make it to those places, but I don't know about for music. music. I know Australia has a really, really great music scene. Is that right? And there's lots of really good festivals that are out there. And I believe actually one of my favorite companies that uh, hosts some of my favorite events, uh, the Hard hard events they have maybe i think they've traveled out to australia as well so they australia has a good enough scene to bring people from the u.s to throw parties out there got it um uh outside of music festival which which like the top three i don't know singers or bands that you're like if you, if you have this to, question <laughs> but if you have to pick the top three oh man i i'm gonna go ahead and say proxy proxy is who i i he's one of my uh favorite producers wait 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 the, is the <laughs> I know, yeah, of yours? i i yeah i stole my name from him actually he's a russian producer and i never knew this part it's he's uh, he's really amazing like if i uh, like i don't know how but he puts like a soviet russian sound into his music like his music sounds like it comes from russia he perfectly embodies like yeah. what i imagine from uh, russian electronic music and um I was trying to think of inspiration when I was trying to come up with my porn name, actually. And I was like, all right, I need to put music on that uh, turns me on. So I started playing proxy music. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, the definition of proxy is really funny. And I always used to use proxies when I was in school to get through the uh, child block. And I was just thinking, child what? the child block on computers? 
Like, uh, oh, if you put like a filtering system on computers uh, on a computer. Yeah, but what what, what, ha- what does that have to do with pr- word proxy? Uh, because if you use a proxy, you can get through. Uh, you can get beyond the ch- uh, the block, any block uh. that's on a computer. And a proxy is just uh, like another another server to gain you access through a, a, essentially like a third party. And uh, the definition of proxy is the ability to make decisions on behalf of another entity. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like a funny play on words because it's kind of like my alter ego, like my porn persona. Oh, my so you alter really ego. put some thought into your name. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I stole it and I put thought into it. So it was like it was a nice mixture of how it was born. But what, what, where does the page part comes from? Because it started with a P, and I was told <laughs> that I needed to have um, second part. Yeah, I was told I needed to have a last name, and also I like I did think about like if people were going to be looking me up, like they were going to run into Proxy and I both. And actually, I still get messages on my Twitter, people contacting me thinking that I'm that Proxy, and I like maybe it happened happens the other way around sure. too. So, but I, I don't mind getting mixed up. It's just funny to say proxy page because I always think like, oh, I better call PP. Yeah, well, proxy page is for the internet nerds because I used to use proxy so much and I was just like, oh, proxy page. But I, I had to add an I, otherwise I would have been impossible to look up on the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's it's now, for the internet nerds. Now I know. Um, <laughs> so um, um, DJ named proxy, who's the other two to finish this? The Um... You make me feel old every time <laughs> because I don't recognize 99% of the people you mentioned. Yeah, nobody really, like, unless you're into electronic music, you don't really know mm-hmm. about it. So, unless they're, like, Skrillex and Dead Mouse and, the, like, the like the more household names. Sure, and they're Fiesto. huge. But uh, Roiksop is definitely, like... <laughs> is that German? No, they're, f- uh, they're from Sweden and partly from, like, I think uh, some of them from Norway. It's a pretty big uh, group. Uh, it's actually two guys where it started, but they have a lot of other people that, are, uh, that work with their music as well. And Daft Punk, I'll, I'll, um, I'll take an easy answer. Daft Punk, I really like them. I really love their latest album that's out. Once again, I, I've never <laughs> heard of them. Um, what? I mean, it's not a reflection on them, on them because I just don't listen to music. They're, you know? they're a household name, damn near. They, uh, to me, they are. <laughs> but th- 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 those are the easy answers for me. So, you know, there comes a time, you know, maybe you say like, okay, I have fun with porn. I want to do something else. I- in a dream scenario, it would be great if you could make transition to music business, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've already been infiltrating that industry for a while. <laughs> So if if I'm lucky enough to have um, you know a few people that listen to this show happen to know someone who work in that business, once again, contact Proxy Page and help her out. You know, it's um, it's always good to do be well rounded and do a bunch of little different things. You know, mm-hmm. you know, once you get old, you look back and like, well, look at all the different things I've done, and uh, mm-hmm. your life is just. A collection of all the little things you do throughout your life, you know. There's so uh, many opportunities in the world, and so many different things to try and experiment with. So don't limit yourself. Um, very sad. I gotta go tomorrow. I'm yeah. out of there. Hope it to was see so nice having you here, though, and it was nice getting to hang out with you. Hopefully, um, uh, I would like to come back September, October, November, but I really don't know. You know, I uh, I thought it was going to work for one of my friends, but. Uh, FBI changed the scenario <laughs> so um, I'm going home today's what Tuesday I'm leaving on Friday I'll be there Saturday February 1st and the February 2nd is Super Bowl I don't know what <laughs> you guys are doing 
but um, go Seahawks. But um, by the time I release, <laughs> by the time I release this episode, the game is over, and I should be back to uh, whatever I consider normal back in states. But um, um, I'm, I'm glad I got the. You know, I I have to um, uh, thank Justin at the uh, Evil Angel because he's the one who recommend you and yeah, Sparky. Yeah, he's the one that introduced us yeah. technically. Are you the one know Justin or Sparky that knows Justin? Uh, Sparky is the one that knows him, but I know him now as well. Yeah. Great guy, uh, even with all my um, um, issues. <laughs> issues with Ev- some of the people at Evil Angel. Justin is a great guy, and I don't have a problem with him. He's a terrific and uh, guy from Boston. So, um, Love the Boston boys. And uh, yeah, in fact, did you tell me one of your friends from Boston listening <laughs> yeah, to the podcast? Yeah, just before right now? we started this podcast, uh, some of, uh, I had a friend from Boston hit me up. Uh, and uh, I let him know that I was doing a podcast, and he told me that he wanted to hear it, and there was already one that we had done that was up and out, so I passed along the information to him, and thanks for listening, uh, Eddie. (laughs) So um, before we go, um, I I always want to help the people on the show, so remind everyone, the project once again. The project is through offbeater.com, and it's called Infiltrate Proxy, or Proxy Infiltrates Europe, sorry. <laughs> Buy stuff, uh, donate money, because uh, it's a worthy uh, project, and she will uh, uh, thank you. And, and uh, l- let's finish with the, your contact information, Proxy. You can find me on Tumblr at proxypage.tumblr.com, and you can also find me via Twitter at Infiltrate Proxy. And uh, if you have a question for her, and I think uh, once I figure out how to do it in Skype, I'm going to contact her and maybe do it once a month. Hopefully, if I figure out, if I figure <laughs> out, I'll contact her by via Skype. And, um, you know, um, tweet to me or, um, um, you know, um, email me at dumbyoshi at gmail.com. And I, I just remember one of the guy asked me questions, forgot all the questions, but he basically said if you weren't doing porn, um what would you what would you been doing if you didn't do porn and and the second question i think he asked like uh, what would you if i give you ten thousand dollars well you know what would you do for a super fan and stuff like that uh-huh oh man there's so many things i want to do outside of porn i'm actually surprised that i've been in porn for as long as i have been but it's just something easy to like be in actually so mm-hmm. but i, I when I grow up, I want to be a mechanic and I want to work on cars. But I also would like to like uh, get into the music industry and wait. The mechanic part is that for real? No, yeah, I'm totally serious. I would love to build my own car someday. Like that's my dream is to build my own car mm-hmm. and be able to work on it and maintenance it. I'd love to like make myself a I th- because I think truck. I think I think you mentioned like you you come from family that they they do real work like a hard labor work like they yeah build my stuff, whole right? family. My dad works on his car. He's also a cider for houses. My uncle's a masoner. He does brickwork for mm-hmm. businesses and houses. On my mom's side, they move companies and businesses, gigantic sure. places. So, like, actually physically move the buildings. I see. <laughs> um, Come from a long line of hard workers. If you have an opportunity with uh, Proxy, just just uh, tweet or contact her, and she, she will let you know. Um well, Proxy, thanks. Um, it'll be great if I get up early enough tomorrow morning and do another one. But I, I don't know. I'm um, I'm already I'm already start fading away right now. <laughs> uh, the time difference. I just I've been sleeping such a weird hours. But anyway, everyone, please support Proxy Page. 
uh, follow her Twitter account. Uh, and follow please support Yoshi too. Follow, <laughs> thanks. Mm-hmm. Follow her Tumblr account, but you know, definitely help her um, w- with her project in Europe, Offbeater, and uh, you know, she will. Uh, uh, she's a sur- you could be a super fan of Proxy, and she'll be a fan of yours as well. So, mm-hmm. all right, everyone, thanks for listening, and Proxy, thanks, and I'll, I will see you soon. Bye. Bye.